RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. Tonight's headlines. The government has condemned a report by a US congressional committee saying it's an attempt to intimidate the city's prosecutors. Government and lawmakers have held the first anti-chamber talks at LegCo. Chief Executive John Lee led the meeting. And the daily COVID-19 caseload in Hong Kong has again topped 3,000. There have also been two more COVID-related deaths. The government has condemned a US report for spreading misinformation and attempting to intimidate the city's prosecutors. The report by a US Congressional Commission on China alleged that Hong Kong's Department of Justice had infringed on the universal human rights of a wide range of people, including protesters, journalists and opposition figures. A government spokesman said the report was a violation of legal justice and that the SAR's prosecutorial decisions are based on the, on the rule of law. Both the government and lawmakers have held the first anti-chamber talks at LegCo. They described the informal chats as frank exchanges that would help to enhance communication between the two sides, as well as policy-making. Chief Executive John Lee led the meeting. He said afterwards he hopes the exchanges will take the relationship between the executive and legislature to new heights. This is the number one stage which I hope, through the processes and experiences, we will be proceeding to high levels. It will be a dynamic situation, a dynamic exercise for us uh, officials and legislators to find ways so that we will enhance governance by good communication, understanding and cooperation. I will be assessing the results and the purposes of the anti-chamber exchange sessions to decide how I will deal with other matters. Lawmakers from the Federation of Trade Unions say they discussed matters such as border reopening and poverty with the CE. FTU lawmaker Jofi Chan said the meeting was a good start. This is the starting point. It's not really a matter of time because we are going to have more anti-chambers meetings in the future. And after the anti-chamber meeting, we have stayed in contact and we have addressed our policy issues. And we're going to keep in contact and we're going to have more supervision. And I'm sure through this anti-chamber meetings, we are going to have more policies that are more responsive to the public needs because we are going to talk about the policies before it comes to the chamber for open discussion. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Tian said the closed-door setting allowed for a more open discussion. People shorten their questions. They don't need to tell a story. They just go right to the point and then the officials also answer in a way that would help us. They would say, what is the concern? They are looking into it. So they were very careful inside that chamber. But over here, they are more open, sharing what is really going on, which I appreciate. The daily COVID-19 caseload in Hong Kong has again topped 3,000. Health officials today reported 2,943 local and 211 imported infections. There have also been two more COVID-related deaths. The hospital authority's chief manager, Sarah Ho, said she was worried about an increase in hospitalizations. There are now more than a thousand COVID patients in hospitals. She said the HA would develop more staff and beds and adjust, adjust services. 
Dr Ho also said that COVID testing for staff would be stepped up. At the moment, and all HA staff need to uh, perform the RAT test in the morning before they uh, report duty. So our scheme is to increase, um, likely they do the PCR test for a particular group of staff that are mainly taking care of uh, a vulnerable group that are sub- more susceptible to the infections. So this measure is uh, to enhance the infection controlled measures in hospital. The government has expanded its panel of expert advisors on COVID-19. Professors Ivan Hung, Lao Chak Singh and Lao Yu Long from the University of Hong Kong's Department of Medicine have been newly appointed to the panel. They join Professor David Hoy from Chinese University and University of Hong Kong Professors Yan Kwok Young and Gabriel Lung. The panel provides advice on public health and epidemiology. And now the weather. It will be fine apart from isolated showers tomorrow. The minimum temperature will be around 28 degrees. Very hot during the day with a maximum of about 34 in the urban areas and a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. The outlook, high temperatures will persist into the middle and latter parts of next week. A few showers this Friday and Saturday. The current temperature is 30 degrees with humidity of 80%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. From Friday, people travelling via Shenzhen Bay Port to the mainland will have to make an appointment for a PCR test at the checkpoint. They can make an online booking after midnight tonight. Maggie Ho has details. A government spokesman said people who have secured a room at a quarantine facility in Shenzhen can book a test for the day they plan to cross the border. Appointment slots will cover the coming seven days, and people will have to input their name, ID card number, and a quarantine hotel booking number. DAB lawmaker Edward Leung urged authorities to increase the quota for people entering the mainland and to open more checkpoints. We have two little quotas right now. We only have 2,500 quotas per day. So we have to uh, make use of the other borders uh, so that um, we can also uh, redirect the people to other borders. The DAB legislator also says he's asked the government to consider allowing Hong Kong residents to take PCR tests for three consecutive days instead of getting tested at the border. The Immigration Department says more than 900,000 Hong Kong SAR passports have expired without being renewed since 2020 and called on people to renew them soon. Here's Wendy Wong. With the pandemic severely affecting travel, many people may not have renewed their passports. An assistant director of the Immigration Department, Fan Chiu Singh, says the number of people who haven't renewed their passports that expired has roughly doubled compared with pre-COVID times. He says with many countries relaxing their entry rules, people planning to go on a trip should pay attention to the validity period of the passport. Mr. Fan looked at that many countries require incoming travellers to have a passport valid for six months or more. He says people should renew the passport because there may be swarms of applications later on and the trip may be affected as a result. The immigration department says two vehicles will be touring the city until early September with staff on board to help people apply for or renew their passport. People can make appointments online for the mobile service stations and submit their application and have their photo taken on site. A youth service group says many students sitting university entrance exams this year believe their performance suffered because of COVID-19. 
according to a survey by the Hong Kong Federation of Youth Groups of nearly 600 Diploma of Secondary Education, or DSE, candidates. More than 60% said the pandemic had affected their preparation for the exams. Ken Hoy from the Federation explained how the disruption of face-to-face classes had a negative impact on school children. They need to accustom to the lesson online and also physical fluctuate quite frequently. That may affect their learning motivation and how far they learn. And for some science students, they never come to the lab for the science lesson for this academic year. That affects their learning to quite a large extent. And the shorten of the examination schedule also affects their preparation too. A separate study suggests that online learning during the pandemic has taken its toll on school children's mental health. The Gratis Christian College and Junior Chamber International Apex surveyed over 1,000 pupils. Around 20% said they were overstressed and more than 10% were depressed. Chin Fung is one of the researchers. When we use online study, it's a kind of a virtual study which is difficult to follow up and you have loss of the interest, especially you can imagine if your house environment is not a very appropriate environment, it will affect your motivation and cause you suffering a lot because you have no way to go. And that will be also affect your mental health, your social development and your emotional development as well. The government has dismissed suggestions that the civil service might become a less attractive career option in light of a planned 2.5% pay rise across the board this year. Speaking through an interpreter at a LegCo panel, the civil service secretary, Ingrid Young, said she was not worried about staff turnover. Some civil servants will certainly resign to take up other jobs, but civil service remains attractive. When we have, say, dozens of jobs on offer, we receive thousands of applications. So we're not really concerned about the attractiveness of civil service jobs just because of the pay rise in one or two particular years. We will conduct pay level surveys every six years to make comparison with comparable jobs in the private sector. So that will be an opportunity for making adjustments. China has condemned the presence of an American destroyer near the Paracel or Shisha Islands in the South China Sea. The US Navy says the USS Benfold sailed near the islands, exercising its navigational rights and freedoms. The PLA's Southern Theatre Command says the the destroyer was driven away from the area. It added that the US manoeuvre seriously violated China's sovereignty and security by illegally entering its territorial waters. Sri Lanka's Prime Minister Rani Wickremesinghe says he's instructed a new committee headed by the military and police chiefs to do what is necessary to restore order. He made his announcement in a televised address. We cannot allow this fascist political ideology to spread in this country. I have given all the necessary powers to the military to bring stability. PM's announcement came after thousands of protesters defied a newly declared state of emergency and stormed his office in Colombo. They want him to step down, accusing him of being too close to President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, who fled to the Maldives on Tuesday and named Mr Wickremesinghe as acting president. There's been no resignation statement from Mr Rajapaksa. President Biden has arrived in Israel for the start of his first Middle East tour. He'll be meeting Israeli and Palestinian leaders. Ahead of his visit, his administration put out contradictory messages on diplomacy. 
The U.S. National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, said Washington would like to see a U.S. consulate for the Palestinians open in East Jerusalem. But hours later, the White House spokesman, John Kirby, said this was not the policy and Mr. Sullivan had misspoken. The BBC's Tom Bateman watched the president arrive in Tel Aviv. The president headed down the steps of Air Force One to be greeted by Israel's leadership, including the new prime minister, Yair Lapid. As handshakes were offered, Mr Biden instead fist-bumped them. On the red carpet, he spoke of the bone-deep connection between Americans and Israelis, saying you don't need to be a Jew to be a Zionist. He'll spend the first part of his trip in Jerusalem for talks with the Israelis before meeting Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas on Friday in the occupied West Bank. The U.S. Congressional Committee investigating the storming of the Capitol on January the 6th last year has laid out how former President Donald Trump incited far-right extremists in a last-ditch bid to remain in office. Members of his inner circle have recalled a stormy meeting during which Mr Trump ignored their advice to concede and instead summoned a mob to Washington. Jason Van Tattenhove is a former member of a far-right group called the Oath Keepers who turned up on that day, he told the committee he now fears for the next presidential election. Who knows what that might bring if, if a president that's willing to try to instill and, and, and encourage to whip up a civil war amongst his followers using lies and deceit and snake oil and regardless of the, the human impact what else is he going to do if he gets elected again? All bets are off at that point. Police in South Africa have arrested three people in connection with the deaths of 21 teenagers at a nightclub in the city of East London last month. Toxicology reports have not yet confirmed the cause of death. The BBC's Nomza Masako reports from Johannesburg. The arrest of the three suspects, including the owner of Enyobeni Tavern, is in connection with selling alcohol to underage children. The Liquor Licence Board filed a complaint with the police following the deaths of 21 teenagers who collapsed while attending a party to celebrate the end of mid-year exams last month. The owner of the establishment is due to appear in court next week. To sport and the Open Golf Championship's 150th edition, which tees off at St Andrews tomorrow. The opening round has thrown together some of the game's big hitters, with England's US Open winner Matt Fitzpatrick given a prime pairing for his recent major win at Brookline. The BBC's Ian Carter has more. And what a reward for the US Open champion Sheffield's Matt Fitzpatrick because he will tee it up with Tiger Woods, twice a champion at St Andrews, and the up-and-coming American Max Homer. They tee off at 2.49 on Thursday afternoon. The honour of striking the first tee shot falls to 1999 champion Paul Laurie at 6.35 in the morning, and Rory McIlroy accompanies the defending champion Colin Morikawa at 9.58. The 2019 champion Shane Lowry enjoys a high-profile billing in the following group alongside PGA champion Justin Thomas and Norway's Victor Hovland. And our top stories tonight, the government has condemned a report by a US congressional committee saying it's an attempt to intimidate the city's prosecutors. The government and lawmakers have hailed the first anti-chamber talks at LegCo. Chief Executive John Lee led the meeting and the daily COVID-19 caseload in Hong Kong has again topped 3,000. There have been also been two more COVID-related deaths. The news from RTHK.
listening to Peter King. Uh, breaker one nine, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, 10-4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big 10-4 there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. was the dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for bear on I-10 about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pig Pen, this here's a rubber duck and I'm about to put the hammer down. time we got into Tulsa town we had 85 trucks in all but there's a roadblock up on the cloverleaf and them bears is wall to wall yeah them smokies as thick as bugs on a bumper they even had a bear in the air I says calling all trucks this here's the duck we about to go a hunting bear State 44 like a rocket sled on rails. We tore up all of our swindle sheets and left them setting on the scales. By the time we hit that shy town, them bears was getting smart. They brought up some reinforcements from the Illinois National Guard. There's armored cars and tanks and jeeps and rigs of every size. Yeah, them chicken coops was full of bears and choppers filled the skies. Well, we shot the line, we went for broke with a thousand screaming trucks. And eleven long-haired friends of Jesus in a chartreuse microbus. Yeah, rubber duck to Sotbuster. Come on there, yeah. Ten four Sotbuster. Listen, you wanna put that microbus in behind that suicide jockey? Yeah, he's home dynamite. He needs all the help he can get. Well, we laid a strip for the Jersey Shore and prepared to cross the line. I could see the bridge was lined with bears, but it didn't have a doggone dime. I says, Pink Pen, this here's a rubber duck. We just ain't going to pay no toll. So we crashed the gate doing 98. I says, let them truckers roll 10 4. the mid-70s, C.W. McCall and Convoy, all about CB radio, which is uh, very big, I think, still, even today in the States, it kind of limped over to the UK. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, had a 23 meg AM rig, as they were called, the little CB radio. I had a Ham International Jumbo, with the Anderson. had what they called a Roger Bleep on it, a little beep when you depressed the microphone. A lot of fun until it went on to FM and they legalised it. 
8 watts radio didn't get very, very far. So we all kind of gave in. Anyway, here we are in our second hour tonight. I'm right on target. 